This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will review the topic of Achilles tendon ruptures from the foot and ankle section on orthobullets.com. Acute ruptures of the Achilles tendon are often misdiagnosed as an ankle sprain and can actually be missed in up to 25% of cases. As far as the epidemiology, the incidence of Achilles tendon ruptures is about 18 per 100,000 per year. They tend to be more common in men and most commonly occur in people 30 to 40 years old. Risk factors include episodic athletes, aka weekend warriors, using fluoroquinolone antibiotics, and steroid injections. The mechanism of an Achilles tendon rupture is usually a traumatic injury during a sporting event that may occur with a sudden forced plantar flexion or a violent dorsiflexion in a plantar flex foot. With respect to the pathoanatomy of these injuries, rupture usually occurs 4 to 6 centimeters above the calcaneal insertion in the hypovascular region of the Achilles tendon. To quickly review the anatomy, the Achilles tendon is the largest tendon in the body and is formed by the confluence of the soleus muscle tendon as well as the medial and lateral gastrocnemius tendons. The blood supply is from the posterior tibial artery. The presentation for Achilles tendon ruptures typically involves a patient reporting a pop in the heel, and symptoms usually include weakness and difficulty walking as well as pain in the heel. Physical exams should include inspection, palpation, range of motion testing, and provocative tests. Upon inspection, you may find increased resting ankle dorsiflexion in the prone position with the knees bent and calf atrophy may be apparent in chronic cases. Palpation will usually reveal a palpable gap in Achilles tendon ruptures. Motion testing will show weakness to ankle plantar flexion and increased passive dorsiflexion. Provocative testing usually involves the Thompson test in which lack of plantar flexion when the calf is squeezed is considered a positive test. As far as imaging, radiographs usually appear normal and are typically used to rule out other pathology. Ultrasound may be useful to determine complete versus partial ruptures. An MRI is typically indicated for equivocal physical exam findings and chronic ruptures. An MRI will typically show an acute rupture with the retracted tendon edges. Treatment can be non-operative or operative, and we'll go over the indications and outcomes for each option. Non-operative management involves functional bracing slash casting in resting equinus, and this treatment can be indicated in acute injuries with surgeon or patient preference for non-operative management. It is also indicated for sedentary patients and medically frail patients. As far as outcomes of non-operative management, there is equivalent plantar flexion strength compared to operative management, and although it was traditionally thought that non-operative management may have an increased risk of re-rupture compared to operative management, new studies show that this may not be significant if functional rehabilitation is used. One thing to keep in mind is that there are fewer complications of non-operative treatment as compared to operative treatment, which is definitely a testable point. As far as operative management, the options include open end-to-end Achilles tendon repair, a percutaneous Achilles tendon repair, reconstruction with VY advancement, and flexor hallucis longus transfer plus or minus VY advancement of the gastrocnemius. We will go into the indications and outcomes for each of these surgical options now. An open end-to-end Achilles tendon repair is indicated for acute ruptures, and acute ruptures are considered those that are approximately less than six weeks out. As far as outcomes, as we mentioned, it was traditionally thought that there is a decreased rate of re-rupture with an open repair compared to non-operative management. However, new level 1 evidence has suggested no difference in re-rupture rates and no significant difference in plantar flexion strength with a functional rehab protocol. A percutaneous Achilles tendon repair is indicated when there are concerns over cosmesis of a traditional scar. 
and as far as outcomes, there is a higher risk of sural nerve damage, and there is a lesser risk of wound complications slash infection compared with open repair. A reconstruction with VY advancement is indicated for chronic Achilles tendon ruptures with a defect of less than 3 centimeters, while a flexor hallucis longus transfer plus or minus VY advancement of the gastrocnemius is indicated for chronic ruptures with a defect of greater than 3 centimeters. And remember that this option requires a functioning tibial nerve. To quickly review the techniques for these options, functional bracing slash casting in resting equinus will involve a cast slash brace in 20 degrees of plantar flexion and early functional rehab for those treated without a cast. The approach for an end-to-end -end Achilles tendon repair is to make an incision just medial to the Achilles tendon to avoid the sural nerve, and the technique involves incising the paratenon, exposing the tendon edges, and repairing the tendon with heavy, non-absorbable suture. Postoperative care will involve immobilization in 20 degrees of plantar flexion to decrease the tension on the skin and protect the tendon repair for four to six weeks. Reconstruction with VY advancement involves making a V-cut with the apex at the musculotendinous junction with limbs divergent to exit the tendon. A V is incised through only the superficial tendinous portion, leaving the muscle fibers intact. A flexor hallucis longus transfer plus or minus VY advancement of the gastrocnemius involves excising degenerative tendon edges, releasing the FHL tendon at the knot of Henry, and transferring through the calcaneus and it's important to keep in mind and educate the patient about residual hallux plantar flexion weakness, which may be present with this option. Complications of Achilles tendon rupture includes re-rupture, wound healing complications, and sural nerve injury. The incidence of re-rupture was previously thought to be higher with non-operative management, that is approximately 10 to 40% versus 2%. However, as we previously highlighted, there is new level 1 evidence that has shown no difference in re-rupture rates between operative and non-operative management. However, the treatment for a re-rupture would be surgical repair. Wound healing complications after operative intervention for Achilles tendon ruptures are 5 to 10%, and risk factors include smoking, which is the most common risk factor, female gender, steroid use, and an open technique versus percutaneous technique. Treatment for a deep infection would involve debridement of the necrotic-slash-infected Achilles tendon and administration of culture-specific antibiotics for six weeks. Finally, the incidence of sural nerve injury is higher when a percutaneous approach is used. That's all for this review about Achilles tendon ruptures. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on iTunes. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.